devastated Peter takes a Hawaiian vacation in order to deal with the recent breakup with his TV star girlfriend, Sarah. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's 2020. What? Woo, 2020. Or as Barbara Walters would say, this is 2020. <laughs> Bad joke. Uh, lame. So, yeah. How's, how's everyone been doing? Tell me. I'm going to do that thing like Dora Explorer where I ask a question and then I'll just remain silent and, and just then, blink yeah and just you know answer yeah right now so how was your year everybody blink blink <laughs> do you see any clues that's blues clues oh well it was the same thing was it i guess with the awkward pauses I yeah guess. yeah i don't know i've only seen each of those maybe one time oh yeah somebody was too cool to watch it when you were like 13 there was nothing else on. <laughs> the one I watched when I was probably too old to be watching it and I enjoyed it was Rugrats. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that started in like 1992. Yeah, but I was watching it still in like 96. I because would watch Rugrats. It's a classic. That's correct. Or some would say classic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shall we get back on track? <laughs> this week, in the new year of 2020, we are doing the 2008 classic Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I had put on our Instagram that we were going to do Homeward Bound. <sighs> we got Disney Plus. We got Disney Plus. We're making that a thing. Yeah. It's it's not on there yet. Not yeah. until May. So, yeah. I'm it, glad we didn't record the opening, though. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to check it real quick before we start recording. And then, it, yeah, of course, it said not available until May 2020. And I'm like... Awesome, let's find another movie. I so. think we need to, like, actually send a complaint to Disney and ask them to stop doing that. Well, yes, because it's one thing when Netflix does it, when they have trailers, because it's pretty clear that this yeah. is a show that's coming soon, the trailer plays, but with Disney+, Plus, since they just have the thumbnails, yeah, which, honestly, I don't want them to go to the instantly starts playing thing, because that actually annoys me on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because that's like, I just want to read the synopsis. Don't start the movie or show me a clip from the movie. I don't... Yeah. I don't I don't want to see it. Exactly. But... But it's annoying. Why would you put something up there if it's not there? Right. Or put in, like you said, a coming soon category. Where it's just the thumbnails, the stuff that's going to be coming in February. Yes. You launched in November and you had all these things and we just assumed they were all there until we went to go watch The Big Green. Yes. Just put up there that you have Black Widow. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Oh, Just... hey, it's going to be in theater soon. It'll eventually end up on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> anyway, so 2008. This is... Is this a first for 2008? I think so. I don't think and we've it's... done anything from 2008. I'm going to put this movie in the category of... This movie is that old? It's 11... 12 years old. 12 years Almost old. 12 years old. Yeah. I realize because now we're in 2020, mm -hmm. we have a whole nother year of movies that are going to be opening up to our requirement to be on the podcast. 2010. 2010. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do some research 
Yeah. See what gems that we liked in 2010. Probably along the lines of this film where it's... Is this directed by Judd Apatow? Uh, no, it was directed by a Nicholas Stoller. But oh. Judd Apatow produced. Okay. Well, it's in that yeah. genre of movie where Judd Apatow was pretty much the funniest person alive mm-hmm. in the late 2000s. And everything he made was highly successful. Yes. It kind of transitioned in the early 2000s, late 90s. It was everything Adam Sandler did was successful. Yeah. And then I feel like we transitioned briefly to everything Will Ferrell did was amazing. Mm-hmm. And to Judd Apatow. And Seth Rogen. And that kind and of universe. And group of people. Yeah. yeah. The Seth Rogens, the Jonah, Jonah Hill. Yeah. I don't know. Who would you say it is right now? <laughs> I don't know. The movie industry is in such a state. I don't even know. I guess the top comedy. I don't even know. It's people doing TV shows like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and yeah. Donald Glover. That's a good point. I saw a... Uh, end of the year list for Netflix and what was their most popular thing that they had put out this year it was their top 10 list and I was blown away to see the number one movie that was put out up by Netflix this year was the Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston movie I still want to watch that just because I think the premise sounds cool that and I, I like I was gonna Jennifer say Aniston. I like Jennifer Aniston and I, I truly do like Adam Sandler I don't know that I've seen much of his work in the last 10 years but I've for the most part enjoyed him yeah so Anyway, 2008 facts. 2008. Uh, The movie was written by Jason Segel. It came out on April 18th of 2008 and had a budget of $30 million and grossed $105 million. It did spawn one spinoff, which was Get Him to the Greek, which came out in 2010. Ooh. Popular... TV shows from 2008, number one was American Idol, number two is Dancing with the Stars, and number three was CSI Crime Scene Investigation, which I definitely don't think CSI is on anymore. American Idol is, right? I think a version of CSI is on. Oh, okay. Remember when there was like 30 of them? Yeah. Yeah. Popular song for the week the movie came out was Mariah Carey, Touch My Body. Uh, Other popular songs for the year were I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry and Britney Spears' Womanizer. Oh, nice. Also, I should give a shout-out to Our Lady, the Queen Bee, Beyonce, for single ladies. Our Lady. Yeah. The Queen Bee. Uh, Popular movies. Number one popular movie was The Dark Knight. Number two was Iron Man. And number three, believe it or not, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Wow. So, holy crap. That's a movie. I'm blown away that that ended up being number three. Yeah. Because it was so... Well, widely I mean, it panned. Was, but it was also widely anticipated, so a lot of people went to go see it. Uh, yep. People had to wait 19 years for that movie. And just to be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> just to have their hopes dashed. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is an interesting movie because we saw it together. Yeah. Which is a rarity in the cases of ruining our childhood. Most of the movies we've seen, uh, or that we're re-watching, it's from when we were way younger. Mm-hmm. This is from when we were 22. I was 22. Yeah, I think I was 23. And I guess the reason we wanted to see this movie was because we like Jason Siegel. That's what I would associate. How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that it had some people from, like, Knocked Up. Mm-hmm. And... That was a really popular movie. Yeah, because at that point, we hadn't seen Veronica Mars, so I don't know that I was a huge Kristen Bell fan at the time. 
Mm-hmm. And then the other person that I kind of remember from the movies, Russell Brand, and I did not know who he was. Yeah, this think. is kind of, I feel like, his introduction to American audiences. Yeah. And then Mila Kunis. Yes. I've seen this movie a lot, so I don't know if there's going to be anybody that surprises me as far as cameos. I'm sure there's going to be a couple that are going to catch me We can discuss the ones, up. yeah. Yeah. Um, we can discuss the ones that I'm thinking of in my head right now, but... So, what... <laughs> So what is your earliest memory from this movie? And then we're just kind of discussing it. Kind of what she said was we were fans of Jason Siegel and How I Met Your Mother, but also this was a point where we were very aware of what Jedha Apatow was making. We mm-hmm. had seen Superbad and loved that and going back to like 40-Year-Old Virgin. So at that point, if he was making a movie, I would want to go see it. Yes. Kind of regardless who was in it. But then, like you said, it did have people that we knew. We knew who Mila Kunis was and... Uh, Jason Siegel. So I was pretty excited about it. I do remember really enjoying it. Yes. And being super excited when the sequel came out or spinoff for yeah. Get Him to the Greek being like, oh my God, I can't wait for that. That's very true. Yeah. What about you? The same. I remember <laughs> seeing it in the theater with you. Oh, what? Uh, what? What month did it come out? I feel like it April. came around Valentine's. Oh no. When did I Love You Man come out the next year? Why did I think I Love You Man? Which literally, if nobody knows, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. That movie almost killed you in theaters. <laughs> I, will, I will never forget watching the movie with you and you choking on popcorn because you were laughing so hard. It was the slap in the bass. Slap in the bass. <laughs> uh, it is. That was a time period where Paul Rudd was just making amazing comedies that we really loved. That and role models. I love Paul Rudd so much mm-hmm. since Clueless. Yeah. When he... When, it wasn't so much he was in comedies, but more like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of in some serious roles. And then, yeah, when Knocked Up came out. Yeah. And then I was like, this guy's hilarious on top of the fact that I he's like a charming looking guy. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not fair. He doesn't age either, by no, the way. he doesn't. And he just seems so nice. He does. There's people in Hollywood... When you see them in interviews, you're like, oh, he would be a very nice person to sit down and have a conversation with. He does not seem full of himself. Down to, remember when we watched him on Hot Ones? Yeah. With Sean Evans? And they're eating spicy wings, and at one point he was like, do you have any brothers or sisters? And he starts interviewing Sean. And like, curveball? He's just a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Paul Rudd's also in this movie. Yes, Paul Rudd is in this movie. We'll talk about him later, and we'll give you movies that he's in in case you don't know who Paul Rudd is. Yeah. Do you think this movie is going to hold up? I think there's going to be some parts that are a little cringy and make me go, ooh, but I think I'm going to laugh my butt off and still have fun, and I think it's going to hold up. I agree. Yeah. I think there will be some, I guess, tropes that the world doesn't find completely acceptable nowadays, Mm -hmm. but... I still think overall, like, the plot's going to hold up, the jokes are going to be funny. Yeah. And the acting will be good because it's full of people that are still really good, still relevant to today, so. I was going to say, people we love. Very excited to watch it. Yes. So, we're going to go ahead and hit the... Oh, we should let them know if they can stream it. You can't. You can't? Unless you want to pay monies. (sighs) Ah. I said monies. So, sorry, guys. Yeah, uh... It's available for rent from every streaming app you can rent from. But I will say the cheapest one, it looks like, is the Redbox app. People use that, apparently. Oh. It's two ninety nine versus all the other apps are three ninety nine. So 
save yourself a dollar or own it like we do. I was going to say, you know what? This is one people just go ahead and buy it. Pad Judd Apatow's checkbook. It is a good movie. From what I can remember, you'll enjoy it. Or we're going to come back and tell you it was terrible and go ahead like, and tell well, you to cancel that Amazon order. Why Why did we ever like this movie? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then now we'll go ahead and hit the... Pausey pause. And come back and talk about Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. And we just finished watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And now we're going to break down our movie with our categories. And the first one is, well, hello there where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And believe it or not, there was a bunch that I forgot were in the movie. Yeah, I know we said in the beginning of the podcast that we remembered everybody that was in this movie, but there was quite a few that I probably just forgot. But Definitely ones that I forgot, and then also there was at least one that I never recognized before. Hmm. Yeah, so Uh, who did you notice? The first person was, in the very first scene, Jason Segel sitting down on his couch watching TV, and it's Excess Hollywood, and there's Billy Bush. Yes. Which is kind of an outdated thing mm-hmm. as well, because he's not really on TV anymore that no. I notice. I, I don't know that he's has a job right now. Yeah. He might be blacklisted. Yeah, well. Kind of sad. Is it kind of sad? I, I don't I, really care either way. No. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. He's kind of a douche. It's. It's funny to me, though, because it's instantly kind of dates the movie right off the bat because yeah. he's on the screen. It's Access Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I think the like a lot of those news magazine show or not, yeah, like a entertainment news show. Those are all kind of dated and not relevant anymore. What was that? I have no idea. I think it was my water bottle. Oh, yeah. There's a ghost in the podcasting room. Yeah. Um, the first one that I noticed was it's the uh, Sarah Marshall's co-star on her TV show, which was Billy Baldwin. Yes. Which is easily the least famous Baldwin I think you can get. Or second least famous. Who would you say is the least famous? I guess, uh, now that I say it, I think he'd be the second most famous. I was going to say. Yeah. I think Daniel's probably the least famous. Alec, obviously, is the most famous. Mm -hmm. I feel like Billy Baldwin is the second one that works the most. Yeah. And then maybe Stephen. Yeah. And then Daniel. I couldn't tell you a Daniel Baldwin movie, but Stephen Baldwin, obviously. Biodome. (laughs) The best movie of all time. (laughs) The the, clearly the highlight of the Baldwin family cinematic movies. That, I, I honestly need to start making a list of movies we need to do because I watched that movie so many times and yeah. I know it is not going to hold up well. I was a huge Pauly Shore fan yes. when I was nine. Son-in-law and yeah. Biodome. Jury Duty. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Army Now. Okay. He was in some good and boy. Encino Man. But yeah. I feel like to me Encino Man isn't one of his movies because he wasn't the lead. I would say Sean... Aston was the lead and uh, the the B phrase. The B phrase, as we like to call him. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're, we're gonna have to put some Polly Shore on the list. Yeah. The Biodome for sure, because I literally every time that movie was on TV when I was a kid I'd watch it. Okay. We're gonna do it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Billy Baldwin. <laughs> Back to the podcast, Billy Baldwin. I was like, how did we get on Polly Shore? Um, 
The next one was another bill. Yeah, three bills. Three bills don't make a right. (laughs) (laughs) This last Mm. one is the best one. Uh, Bill Hader. Yes. As Peter's stepbrother, Brian. I will say, I think I'm at a point in my life, I cannot hear Bill Hader's voice without smiling and then instantly thinking of Bill Hader impersonating Keith Morrison. Yes. And going, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. That's where my head always goes. That was definitely one of my favorite characters he did on SNL. Yeah. He was was so damn good. He was really good on Um, SNL. He's still good. He's still (laughs) doing things. He's winning Emmys for Barry. Yeah. Because he's amazing. And possibly a Golden Globe tonight yeah, we're on NBC. <laughs> we're not getting money from NBC. No. Or I the wish. Golden Globes. <laughs> I wish that'd, be, we were. that'd be nice if we were getting that NBC money. Um, The next person I noticed... Or, go ahead. You're, uh, the, you're the next. The next person I noticed was Heidi Klum in a clip from Project oh. Runway. Yeah. yeah. Just he was watching TV, which I feel is like also kind of a dated reference. I don't know that Project Runway's still on. It <laughs> might be. He feels. He feels like. I feels like it. <laughs> You're a jerk. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's still on. I never was into it, but no. I know when it was really popular. It was probably around that time. Yeah. Of 2008. So the next person I noticed was June Diane Raphael, mm-hmm. which she's a. Pretty big character actor. She's on Grace and Frankie. She has a big, pretty par- big part. She- big pretty part? Yeah. She plays <laughs> one of Jane Fonda's daughters. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she's been in a bunch of stuff. New Girl. Mm-hmm. A lot of comedies. Yeah. She's a really recognizable character yeah, actress. She's on a podcast I like. How mm-hmm. Did This Get Made? With with her husband, Paul Shear. And uh, Jason Manzukas. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't know who Paul Shear or Jason Manzukas are, they were on The League. Yes. They played Andre and Rafi. And Jason Manzukas is... Uh, Dennis Feinstein. Dennis Feinstein and Derek on The Good Place. Ah, uh, yes. Derek, Derek on The Good Place. Yeah. And Dennis Feinstein over on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Just two amazing... Well, three amazing TV shows. And Paul Shear has been in so many things. And Human Giant was one of my favorite things. Man, that gave us some good good actors yeah. with him and Aziz, and yeah. then also um, Rob Robert. Hubble. Yeah, yeah. Robert Hubble. Yeah. yeah, good show. The next one I recognized, which this is going to be irrelevant to anybody who probably doesn't watch Community or Parks and Rec, <laughs> his name is Kirk Fox. Yes. And he played Blaze on Community, which was one of Britta's boyfriends. He was like a carny yeah. who got hit in the head. And um, also, he was, uh, was it Joe from Sanitation? Uh, Joe from, I want to say they just said Joe from Sewage, but maybe it was Sanitation. Yeah, over on Parks and Rec. Yeah. He's just a character actor, and I honestly don't know him from anything other than those two things, but I'm sure if we looked at his IMBD, he's probably been in a bunch of other things, but he definitely, those are the two things I know him from. For sure. The next person was Jack Breyer. Yeah. Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, Daryl so, McBraden, I believe, was his name. Uh, and he was one half of the newlywed couple. Yeah, that were in Hawaii that befriend Peter. Mm-hmm. And he was obviously most famously probably on Thirty Rock, where yes. he played in NBC Page. That's true. Yeah, he's funny. I always liked him. Uh, the next one I recognized was Carla Gallo. Yes. And she was Daisy on Bones. Yes. And I think she was also in Superbad. Yes, she was the girl that left the period blood on 
My, Jonah Hill's Yeah, when she parents. danced with him. Yeah. Yeah. And then in this movie, she's credited as Gag Me Girl. Yeah, she's just one of the girls Peter hooks up with after he breaks up with Sarah. And she, yeah, she's like telling him to gag me. And... Yeah. And he's like, well, now I kind of want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. The other half of the newlywed couple with Jack Breyer uh, was an actress named Maria Thayer. The one thing I remember her from was New Girl. She was in an episode of it where she's is like an old crush of Nick Miller's and she comes back and they hook up and she's a really bad kisser and he doesn't know how to tell her. Yes. And then she wasn't accepted, I guess, which I vaguely remember. Okay. And she was in a couple episodes of Year of the Worst. I'm thinking either I don't remember her from that or do we even finish that se- last season? No, we need to. Oh. We need to do that. Yeah. Who's your next one? Because there's still quite a few I can think of. Uh, my next one is the legendary Giddy Watanabe. Sure. And that means nothing to anybody out there except for he was the legendary Long Duck Dong in 16 Candles. Yeah. He does not have a line in this movie. I feel like maybe there was maybe some cut scenes. Because I'm like, how yeah. do you have somebody that... Well, now I think nowadays it's kind of seen as a little of a outdated representation of an Asian per- person. And there was, on the DVD, there's a theatrical version and an unrated version. So, so possibly on the unrated yeah. version he has lines. But it was, we just kind of recognized him standing there at the yeah. front desk of the hotel. We're like, is that Long Duck Dong? Yeah. Sure enough. So, I was excited. The next person, I, I mean, I remembered him, but I just wanted to note Jonah Hill. Plays mm-hmm. Matthew the waiter. I mean, he's Jonah Hill. He's in a bunch of things. He's very. He's been nominated for Academy Awards. Yes. If you don't know who he is, again, maybe our podcast isn't for you. You should know You're who so Jonah mean. Hill is. You're like, you can't listen to this if you don't know who Jonah Hill is. I didn't say they couldn't listen. I just said maybe it's not for them. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how you could not have seen at least one movie with Jonah yeah, Hill in it. Exactly. We've talked about. A couple of them already. That's true. My next one, we mentioned him in the first half of the podcast, the national treasure that is Paul Rudd as Chuck, the surfing expert. There's actually people in this world that don't like Paul Rudd, and I don't know Those are people I don't want in my life. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. He's just, I guess it's like, maybe you don't care too much for him, or you really love him, but I can't see how anybody could hate him. That, that's what I would say. Yeah. Like, I can understand if you're like, oh, okay. But if you go, I hate Paul Rudd, you're not a good person. <laughs> Plain but and simple. He plays Kunu? Uh, Kunu or... Chuck. I, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Kunu is his Hawaiian name. Who knows if that's actually true. But yeah. He, he was not all there sometimes. Yeah. And he's uh, Ant-Man and yeah. nominated for Rudd. a Golden... Yeah, he's Paul Rudd. That's, that's he who he is. nominated tonight. Yes. Fingers crossed. For Good him. luck for Paul. The other person I put, he didn't really have that many lines, but I recognized him. It's Brands uh, Combe Richmond. I don't know if that's how you say his first name. Mm. I'm, it's, I'm butchering. He played the bar owner. Oh, okay. Um, he was, the thing I recognize him is from a show in the 90s called Renegade. Oh, yes. And he was With like the this. Lorenzo Lamas. Yes. And he was like his friend, like the secondary character, I want to say. Okay. So, and he's been in other things like Mortal Kombat and some other things, but 
that's the number one thing I recognized him from. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the last one that I had, he's just in a post credit scene. I don't even know what his name is, but he's going to be in Sarah Marshall's new TV show called Animal Instincts yeah. on NBC. And that is another national treasure, Jason Bateman. Yes. So yes, yes. he's amazing and we're lucky to have him making films. I love Jason Bateman. I do too. He's, he's credited as Animal Instincts Detective. <laughs> I mean, that's what it seemed like he was playing. Oh man, I clicked on his IMBD and what they list him as known for is obviously Arrested Development, Zootopia, and Juno. And then that movie Bad Words, where he competed in a spelling bee against children. Yeah. So, I remember that one. I forgot about that one. I, I was waiting for you to say, like, Little House on the Prairie or something. Oh, yeah. Or Hogan Family. Yeah. Going with the kid acting. Do you want to move on, or did you have anybody else? No, that was it. That was the last one. There's a ton of them. Yeah, there was quite a few. The next category is called, kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, or dated references. What about the fashion? I kind of was surprised that I didn't have a ton of notes. Yeah. But, obviously... A large portion of the movie is set in Hawaii, so there was a lot of Hawaiian dresses and shirts, so I'm just thinking the wardrobe department was sponsored by Tommy Bahama. Yeah, for sure. I think the only time I really noticed that stuff was dated was the first outfit that Kristen Bell wore when she broke up with uh, Jason Bateman's character, Peter. Mm -hmm. It was really white, and there was some sparkly, and just the way it was cut, it's very late 2000s, but... I will say compared to other movies that we've watched that are set in the 90s, it wasn't so noticeable. Yeah. But it does creep me out that stuff is starting to age in that, that, that are made in the late 2000s because I feel like it's not that far away, even <laughs> though it was 12 years ago. Yeah. We've had a whole decade pass yeah. since that, which is insane because yeah. it doesn't seem like the late 2000s were that long ago, but we already rolled past the teens. We did. We're in the roaring 20s now. Yeah. Bring back the flapper dresses. I'd totally go to, like, a Gatsby-themed party. Yeah? Yeah, that'd be fun. It would be fun. The other thing I noticed was Paul Rudd's character, Chuck. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a puka shawl necklace and a sweet visor, which <laughs> his hair kind of has, like, a blondish tint to it. Yeah, they, like, highlighted a little bit. Which is weird, because I have never seen Paul Rudd in anything other than dark brown or black hair. Yeah, that's so true. It was very weird to see him. With kind of a blondish tint. I liked uh, Russell Brand's character, Aldous Snow, who plays a rock star. Mm-hmm. And his whole dress is pretty outlandish, where he's, he's wearing, like, leather pants. Yes! And the funny part is, he's wearing leather pants in Hawaii. He was going to dinner, and he was putting on this outfit. It was a black see-through, let's yeah. call it what it was, a blouse. Yeah. And black leather pants. You're in Hawaii, sir. Yeah. I'm wearing like, shorts and... Yeah. And no, like he was wearing a flowing top, the yeah. one where he's wearing the leather pants at the luau and he had his shirt open. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. And I do like when he switched his outfit to an outfit she had picked out for yes. him, which was a Tommy Bahama shirt. And he goes to dinner and this like 70 year old guy walks by and he's like, oh, hey, because they had the same shirt on. And yeah. Just like, mm. And then I just wanted to note the only thing else I noticed that was a little bit distracting was the scene where... Rachel Neal Kunis's character and Peter are hiking, mm-hmm. and she's wearing these super short shorts. It was weird. I think it's because she's so petite. Yeah. They didn't look like 
anything was hanging out. They were just so small. I was yeah. more surprised that nothing was hanging out, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, the part that I noticed in that scene was Jason Siegel was wearing a black shirt. Mm-hmm. And you could just see how bad he was sweating. Like yeah. his collar had a sweat ring and then underneath his arms he had like sweat stains. He does look like he'd be a sweaty dude. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah, he's a very large man. Yeah. Not like fat, but no, he's six four. Yeah. He's a good sized dude. Did you have any other fashion? Just one of the scenes where Peter, who's Jason Siegel, was hanging out on the Hawaiian resort and he's wearing a straw fedora. <laughs> and he was talking to Bill Hader. And Bill Hader's like, you know, I don't. Are you in Boca Raton or yeah. something like that? And you, made fun of him. What's it like being the the part of the Rat Pack or yeah. the Brat Pack? I think. Yeah, <laughs> which part of the Brat Pack are you? And then also, I think back to when our nephew was two, <laughs> and we had bought him a straw fedora, and he would yeah. just rock it. He looks so cute. Yeah. He'd chubby walk chubby around chubby. with his little fedora, and I remember your brother's one friend being like, "Hey, when'd you get back from Boca Raton, Remy?" <laughs> Aww. Poor kid. So cute. Did you have any offensive jokes or dated references? I really didn't have any offensive jokes, but I had some dated references. I noticed right at the beginning, Peter's in his apartment, and he has a Gremlins toy hanging yes. on the wall, which was kind of obviously dated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? The one guy who was like the bartender... His name was Kimo. Oh, no, actually, that wasn't him. Sorry. There was the guy that was part of the buffet, and then he was the in charge of the pig uh-huh. at the luau. He's like, it's like the show Sopranos. It's over. Find a new show. And so it was just funny, because I think Sopranos at the time had probably just started ending. Yeah. Or had it just ended, so it was still, like, really culturally relevant. Yeah. That's insane. That, yeah. That show. Man, the older I get, the more I go, like, that was that long ago? Yeah. And then I feel old. We talked about... Jack Breyer as uh, Daryl, and he at one point walks up to, I think they're at the breakfast buffet, and he walks up and he has a his cell phone on a belt clip. Nerd alert. Yeah. But I know people still do that, but it's not as prevalent as it was No, I, th- I think it's 12 years ago. It's really reserved for older people. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Kind of like the, the Bluetooth. Yeah. I remember when those were popular. Yeah. They are not anymore. Well, I think, too, a lot of cars have built-in calls, oh, yeah. whether it's good or not, but they have it, so it's kind of pointless to have. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're out walking. I guess. I don't know. Lift your phone up <laughs> to your ear. <laughs> or use headphones, I guess. Yeah, because a lot of headphones have the microphone yeah. built-in. Very true. The next one I had was just a line that Peter said about Rachel going crazy when she saw her ex-boyfriend was like, you're... You're like one of the girls from Flavor of Love, which I was like, oh, Flavor of Love. <sighs> that show was a train wreck. Yeah. That might be the last reality show we watched. I was just going to say that. There was a time where we, we were a little choosier about a reality, but we still watched it. And yeah. now I could not tell you. No. Never watched The Real Housewives or any of those. No. Yeah. It's not our jam. No. But yeah, we had standards. Our... Our reality shows had to have Brett Michaels in them. Surreal Life. <laughs> yeah. Flavor of Love. Confessions of a Teen Idol. Yes. Yes. I love that show. I, why, why didn't they do a second season of that I show? I don't know. We're going to have to email Eric Bischoff and be like, why didn't you give us a second season of that? Yeah. With the uh, had Jamie Walter from, he was Ray 90- Pruitt on 90210. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> Such a good show. 
The other one that I had was Peter calls Aldous Edward Scissorhands to <laughs> Sarah when he's like passed out from his coral that he got Injury, in his leg. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only other thing I, I noted was at the beginning of the movie after obviously Sarah breaks up with Peter and he's trying to get over it, but he's really emotional mm-hmm. um, about it because they've been together a long time. And his doctor tells him to stop crying and just start having a lot of sex. Yeah. And I'm like, let the man have his emotions, you know? <laughs> he was a pediatrician, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Which made it, I guess, in a way funnier because yeah. he's just like, just get over her. But I think this movie did a good job of representing that a guy could have emotions mm-hmm. about a breakup. And it was a little realistic in that sense. Very true. Where he wasn't just like, I'm over it, you know? Yeah, he definitely struggles with it for the entire movie, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Although I would say I think he got over it pretty much the minute he meets Rachel. He kind of is over it. But also, you, they don't really ever say how much time has passed since they broke up and he went to Hawaii. There was quite a bit of time in between because mm-hmm. he had one night stands, he talked to his brother, he was depressed. That's a good point. Yeah. It definitely wasn't, like, the next day. Yeah. Unless he had sex, like, three night, one-night stands in one day. That's impressive. <laughs> if anything. <laughs> that's impressive. A little gross, but also impressive. Did you have any more? I did not. Okay. We can move on to... Our next category, which is technology. From <laughs> 2008. What technology pieces did you find that were kind of dated? There was a couple of phones, mm-hmm. but not too much. But uh, the ones that I did see, Sarah Marshall had a flip phone, and the one bartender ha- was using a T-Mobile sidekick. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Nice. Or something that looked like a T-Mobile sidekick. Yeah. It might have been one of the other ones that came out that had the sliding motion. But yeah. It definitely is not something you see people have no. nowadays. Everybody's got their touchscreen yeah. smartphone. Unless they're super old. Yeah. Or off the grid. Mm. Or criminals. <laughs> that use Those phones. were your options. Off that the have grid. Burner phones. Off the grid or criminals. I mean, who else buys burner phones? Touche. Yeah. The one that I noticed was it was kind of just in a quick montage of Peter and Sarah during happier times. Yeah. They were playing a little Dance Dance Revolution in their apartment, which is probably still a thing in arcades, but not like it was back then. Yeah. That was a huge... There's a couple of video games I can think of that were seemed to like be really big, and now they're like nothing, like Guitar Hero. That's exactly what I was thinking about. We were watching something the other day, and they were playing Guitar Hero. Heart of Dixie. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Peter's Computer, which is a Mac. Mm-hmm. Which didn't look too bad. No. Didn't look too dated. Yeah. And I noticed somebody else was using like a MacBook laptop, but the only thing that I noticed that made it kind of stand out was it was black. Yeah. And MacBooks, I think, just come in silver or space gray and the rose gold. Do you have any other ones? No. Did you notice? We didn't look at the DVD special features, but there was some good previews. Yeah, there were some trailers. There was the Scorpion king movie scorpion king 2 rise of a warrior with randy couture or how the guy in the trailer said it he said it weird I, yeah he did he say said it couture. yeah he also is that guy who's like in a world yeah yeah it's that guy's amazing voice and then that one movie with george clooney and john krasinski 
Yeah. Was it Leatherheads? Leatherheads. Yeah. Which, the way the trailer was made, made it seem like it was a movie from 1994. Yeah. But it's 2008. It was cut super cheesy. Yeah. I remember watching that movie, but I don't remember it. I I don't remember ever watching that one. Just to watch it without me. I don't feel like I would watch that without you. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got John Krasinski. He's a good-looking guy. That's true. Jim. Anyway, it's riveting stuff. (laughs) Uh, Did you have anything on the soundtrack, or...? There was a lot of good songs in this movie. Yeah. I heard some cake. I want to love you madly. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I didn't have anything. Oh. There was Bird and the Bee, fucking boyfriend. I did like... Fucking boyfriend? Jason Segel is drunk and he's playing the piano and he's singing the Muppet Show theme. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. And it also was a kind of a precursor to him reviving the Muppet franchise. That's true. Yeah. I do think this movie helped him land that because the end of course he has a if you've never seen the movie his dream is to write a dracula musical that's also with puppets yeah and he does it and i looked it up and the muppets were actually made by jim henson's puppet studio nice so yeah that probably did help yeah they were really good and the other one that i did catch was they had a, a hawaiian band in the movie and they were singing more than words by extreme yeah and then during the credits, there was another song they were singing. And it just, oh, it was Nothing oh, Compares to You yeah. by Sinead O'Connor. That's a good one. Because yeah. he does listen to it earlier when he's moping after the breakup. And I'm like, that's a good breakup song. Definitely. Do you want to move on? Yes, we shall. The next category is called Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and plot holes. And we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot? The part that someone would go on a trip to get over a breakup i think it's believable and i think that probably happens a lot i don't know that it's too believable that you end up at the same resort out of all the resorts in hawaii you end up at the same one as your ex yeah so i don't know that that was too believable but it's not believable in reality but i think because he when he was talking to his brother about it he did mention that there was a place that sarah always wanted to go Mm -hmm. and so he already had that in his mind that this is a nice resort. Yeah. So them ending up at the same resort because they had knowledge of the resort makes a little more sense. Agreed. Like I said earlier, I think they did a good job about developing like him as a character and having like real emotions about this breakup because he was really serious about her. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I really liked was as much as this movie is a kind of a lighthearted comedy, I think it gets a little deep uh, when he's talking to Sarah later in the movie and he really just wants to know why why the relationship ended and why she he finds out later that she'd been cheating on him for a year yeah and she gets really like deep and emotional and i think a lot of movies start off with somebody getting dumped especially Mm -hmm. romantic comedies and it's never fully developed it's just like oh your boyfriend's an asshole cheated on you the end or your girlfriend's slutty and she likes to have threesomes yeah kind of like old school old school you know but this one, they actually, like, she cheated on you because she didn't feel like you were trying on yourself and you had given up on yourself. And it's not, like, the best reason in the world, but at least they, like, explain it a little more and they give her depth. Mm-hmm. And so that way you don't leave the movie thinking, like, oh, she's just a horrible bitch. No, it it's just a person that... Is flawed. Yeah. And like you said, she struggles with it. She doesn't just go, like, I did it and whatever, get over it. She's, yeah. like, crying about it and sad. It yeah. feels bad. Yeah. And especially in a comedy, 
they had her go that route, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, I agreed with you on the, as kind of a plot hole in, we don't know how long of time there was between the breakup and that. Mm-hmm. So there was a plot hole there. Um, I don't know if it's such a plot hole if you're just supposed to use your imagination. Or yeah. Something. I don't know. That's true. It's kind of not really a plot hole. I didn't really have tons of plot holes because no. I thought everything was done pretty well mm-hmm. for this kind of movie. And though I, I do feel like, and I guess maybe because it's not the main focus of the movie, but when the show gets canceled, crime scene gets canceled, I feel like Peter wasn't really phased by it. Yeah. But I guess it's because he didn't really like his job in the first place. So maybe he just feels like, now I'm free to go do what I really want to do. But I don't know. Like, if I lost a job and then I was on this really expensive trip to Hawaii, I'd be, like, freaking out about money in the back of my head. Exactly. I'd be like, oh, am I going to pay for this? But yeah, he... You definitely got the impression he hated doing the music for the TV show. And now I think that was... Like a blessing to him? Yeah. It freed him up to go actually pursue something he cares about. Yeah. But I was just thinking realistically where I'm oh. like, oh. No, I how, totally agree. Like, How are you going to afford to live? Yeah. But... Did you have anything else? No, that was that was it. Okay. What was your funniest line or moment? I had a couple, but pretty much anything Bill Hader said cracked me up. There was a lot. This movie was still quite funny for mm-hmm. being 12 years old. And just the first bit of Bill Hader and Jason Siegel's character are talking and Peter, Jason Siegel's character, saying, you know, Sarah's the best and whatever. And Bill Hader's like, uh, was she really, though? And then Peter tries to say, like, Brian's wife wasn't that great. Uh-huh. And he's like, do you want to have this conversation? Do you really want to have this conversation? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and, he, and then he just goes off. He's like, she is the mother of my unborn child. And I just love that because... He's so passionate about his wife. I did love when he when he asked him that. He's like, do you want to have this conversation? And he just reluctantly was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, what was yours? Mine was at the very beginning. Sarah calls Peter and tells him like she's on her way home or uh-huh. on her way home. And Peter starts cleaning up the apartment real quick and he jumps in the shower and he comes out with a towel wrapped around his waist and Sarah's there, so he drops the towel, and he's, like, standing there, shaking his hips back and forth, and you can hear his penis slapping his thighs, and he's just like, I got a surprise for you! Yeah. No. <laughs> I love that. The whole scene is still hilarious, because it's getting this devastating news mm-hmm. while he's in this most vulnerable state, <laughs> and then she's just like, do you want to put some pants on? He's like, no. 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 <laughs> but... And it's still funny. I also, my second runner-up was anything Paul Rudd's character said, but when they were having, like, a heart-to-heart in the ocean, he's like, when life gives you lemons, just say, fuck the lemons and bail. (laughs) (laughs) My runner-up was when Jason Siegel's checking in at the resort, Mm -hmm. and Rachel's talking to him, and he sees Sarah Marshall coming up, and he asks her, he's like, does she see me? And she's like, yep. Is she coming over here? Uh Uh-huh. He's like, I wish I hadn't worn this stupid shirt. (laughs) Uh, Freaking hilarious. Yeah. What was your cringiest? My cringiest moment was uh, Aldous is out on the beach with Jack McBriar's character. Mm -hmm. And there's a large overgrown uh, chess set. Overgrown? Just a large, large chess set. And Aldous starts teaching Jack McBriar sex positions, but they're using the chess pieces as the other person. So they're essentially humping 
chess pieces. Yeah. It's a little disturbing. But it was also really funny. I think overall, I think the cringiest moment for me, and it's not necessarily cringy because it's outdated or anything like that. I think it was more just cringy because it seemed uncomfortable, was the scene where Peter and Sarah start hooking up again towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And he's having mixed feelings about her and Rachel, so he can't get it up and mm-hmm. she's just like do, do you want me to put my mouth on like it was funny but it was cringy at the same time because yeah. it was it was like awkward it was almost. really awkward but i didn't think there was a lot of moments in this movie where i was like oh that's cringy like that's dated or cringy like why would they even have that in the movie no and exactly like my moment it really wasn't no cringy it was just kind of funny and awkward yeah yeah did you have any additional notes I just had like a continuity note Okay. where Peter is in his bed and the hotel staff comes to wake him up to tell him that they need the room for Dakota Fanning and he's kind of straddling a pillow, but he's naked. Yeah. So when the hotel staff comes in, he covers himself with a blanket and then like two seconds later, he's not covered again. So it was just weird. Yeah. It was just a, but that's really minor. I just uh, I wanted to talk about the cutaways that they did, uh, where in the beginning he, he's sleeping with the one girl, like, like the first hookup, mm-hmm. and he starts to think about like all the good times with Sarah, mm-hmm. and and then he starts crying, <laughs> but then like later in the movie, he's talking to Sarah and he starts to think about the things he didn't like about her, like you could compare sit there and compare your ex to your current yeah love interest and i think it's just something it's easier to think about when he first broke up with her or she first broke up with him how like their relationship was perfect he thinks of all the good things and then with time he realizes so maybe it's for the best she never supported me with my dracula play and yeah and then even sarah does it too where they do a cutaway when she realizes, oh, he was very supportive and he always was there for me. And he he wore all the stupid stuff I bought him when Aldis was like, nah, I'm good. I was going to say, like, the bartender flat out's like, your hat's stupid. Yeah. And he's just like, thank you. He doesn't care because he was just a good boyfriend. Yeah. But... I liked the cutaways because it reminded me of, like, an episode of Family Guy where yeah. they do the cutaways. And yeah. it's just random things. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Did you have anything else? No, I didn't. The, oh, I did want to say the other cringy moment that I almost put down was when Aldous gets the coral in his leg because just blood. Because it's just bleeding out. Yeah. And when he takes it out and it immediately just starts like... Gushing. I was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, sorry, I was thinking of when Aldous is telling... Paul Rudd's character to call the ambulance and he's like, it sounds like you're from London. (laughs) There's like lines in this movie that I feel like I could quote. Yeah. Not as much as like, I love you, man, but we've seen, I love you, man, way more than we've seen this. For sure. Yeah. Do you want to move on to our final thoughts? Yes. And as you know, on our podcast and in real life right now, it is award season. Yes. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? I really liked a majority of this cast, and the person I gave it to was just because I think out of all the movie, like, their scenes were, like, just, they're funny but not as funny, was Jack McBriar's character. He's religious, and he's on his honeymoon, and he's never had sex with his wife, and he's afraid, and I get that. 
that's probably a thing that people go through, but I yeah. just, he's a little over the top sometimes. I, like, I think he's funny, but I don't think he's as funny as people try to make him out to be. He did have a pretty funny moment, though, when he's checking into the hotel and his wife's kind of being frisky and he's like, what did, what's gotten into you? And he's like, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just kind of cho- chose him out of default because I liked all the other characters, even like the side characters, like Jonah Hill's little B plot was really funny. And he was really fanboying. 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 He wanted a fanboy now to snow. <laughs> Am I right? Hey, uh, who was yours? I gave mine to Russell Brand. Mm. And it. I was like you. I struggled to find somebody that I wanted to say, hey, their acting really wasn't up to snuff. He was decent, mm-hmm. but I felt like he was just Russell Brand reading lines. Yeah. He was very much himself, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it was also, I took into consideration, everybody else was really fun. He wasn't bad by any stretch. Yeah, I think in the context of who we know as Russell Brand now, I can totally get that. In 2008, I didn't really know who he was, so I thought he was really hilarious, and yeah. he was kind of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. The one scene, it, the very, his very first scene when he lost his shoe, and he's just trying to explain, like, it's like this other, it looks like this, but it's like the twin, but not an evil twin. Like, <laughs> I always find that humor funny. It's it's like that British kind yeah. of dry, like, awkward, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he. I definitely gave it to him essentially out of default yeah there was nobody that was like oh my god they're so horrible why are they in this yeah movie? he was the least great in this if this was any other movie he does not get my bad actor award somebody else gets it yeah so we can move on to mm-hmm. the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who did you give yours to i gave it to jason siegel mm-hmm. i always like jason siegel but I feel like I haven't seen him in anything the last few years. I was thinking the same thing. I did look him up and I was like, okay, he really hasn't done much. He's done a couple Netflix movies. And like you said, he has a, a series that's coming out on, I think, AMC. Yeah. But I almost forgot how much I enjoyed him. Like, I loved him on How I Met Your Mother and all the Judd Apatow movies. He was always fun in uh, The Muppets. But in this, he did a great job of not just making you laugh, but he also makes you feel heartbroken at times for him. He was just really good and entertaining. Yeah. I saw him in that movie with Jesse Eisenberg where he plays uh, David Foster Wallace. And it was really good. And I think he got nominated for something for it. But that was like the last movie I saw him in until I looked him up and I was like, oh, he has a show soon. But anyway, back to mine. (laughs) Uh, I give mine to Bill Hader because I remembered that he was in the movie, but... I was just surprised with all his parts. I mm-hmm. thought they were all really funny. And the, especially the first couple scenes, I felt like he stole the scenes. Yeah. Because he's just, he's trying to be like the voice of reason for Peter. Mm-hmm. He's trying to help him get over her. And one of my favorite parts was when he was defending his wife. And then the other one was when Peter calls him right after he finds out that Sarah and Aldous are at the resort uh-huh. and he's following them and he's like why are you following them like stop doing that and he's just like yelling and then he's like when he's <laughs> done talk- talking to sarah and stuff he's like how was that did that feel good <laughs> <laughs> i do like when peter puts the phone down yeah and he waves hi to them like oh hey and you can still hear bill Hader he's yelling like, he's doing? like abort abort <laughs> yeah 
Uh, uh, Bill Hader is just delightful. He and really is. It's so nice that he's now moved on to where he's the starring role in movies. Yeah. One thing I never do with SNL is appreciate how great somebody is when they're a cast member. But he was somebody that I would always look forward to when they were going to be in a skit. Yeah. I think there's times on SNL where you kind of take people for granted because you're like, they're there and they're yeah. just consistent. Like, I would say Keenan Thompson is mm-hmm. like that, where he's just really consistent and he's good at what he does. Yeah. And if he ever leaves, it's going to suck. Yeah. And like Kate McKinnon now, I guess, would be one of those people. She's, I put her up there with like how I was with Will, uh, Will Ferrell when I was a kid, where that person is without a doubt the star. Yeah. Kate McKinnon is borderline too famous to be on SNL anymore. Almost, yeah. Yeah. But she's just so consistent and, like, It's kind of like like Kristen Wiig being on after she still did Bridesmaids, and it was one of the biggest movies of the year, but Kristen Wiig's still on this variety show, and you're like, I hate to say this, you are actually too famous to be on this show anymore. (laughs) Which isn't a bad thing. No. It just makes you appreciate how great they are and be thankful they're still sticking around. For sure. I'll be sad when some of the people from SNL leave that have been on there for a while like Katie bryant mm-hmm. right now especially it's a very strong female cast and you're yeah. like yeah when these people Cecily leave strong yeah anyway back to not snl yeah so yeah he was my favorite but again i loved kristen bell was really good mila kunis is excellent yeah. it was hard to find a bad actor in this yeah they were all very good so i guess we can move on to does this movie hold up and i don't know if you could tell but surprise it's a terrible movie we hated it does not hold up i kept waiting for something to go wrong in the movie maybe something i blacked out yeah i mean if i really sat here i could probably nitpick little things but honestly overall i think they treated their female characters well i think they treated their male characters well Mm -hmm. it's still a really funny movie yeah and it's not to me it's not even out of nostalgia you know when you watch a comedy that you've watched a thousand times and you can quote the lines and it's just funny because you can sit there and quote the lines. It's not like that for me because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. I feel like it was more like, no, the, it's funny because it's funny. Yeah. I kept waiting for, and it's when you watch these movies, you look back and you're like, oh, there's a reliant on a dated piece of technology. There's a joke that ages terribly. This movie didn't have any of that. It yeah. didn't have cringy moments, really. It didn't have really dated technology. Even the MacBooks looked pretty much what we have today yeah and like you said it was still really funny super enjoyed the movie it's really good yeah easy one yeah definitely so we say it holds up yeah so that that's it for us guys and also i just wanted to say i guess this will kind of kick it off but for the next couple weeks since it will be valentine's day we're going to be doing more romantic comedies yeah doing some rom-coms we're not quite sure which ones yet but there's some that I, w- I probably won't touch just because we watch them every year. Yeah, we're not going to be doing music and lyrics. That's a oh, Ashley and Ryan favorite. I love that movie. It's so yeah. underrated. Yeah. Uh, two Weeks Notice. Yep. Pretty not much totally. almost all the Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, if it's got Hugh Grant, it's not going to be reviewed. Uh, it's kind of like how there's just movies that are off limits for us. We won't be doing Harry Potter. Won't be doing Home Alone. It's not going to happen. We just... I think... We could do it, but we've seen it too much to where I don't feel like I could have an objective review of it. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Sorry, guys. But we appreciate you listening. 
And if you want to hit us up on our social media over on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood. And Facebook also at Ruining Our Childhood. And over on Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast. That is right. And we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, with another amazing movie. Yes. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.